Hello and welcome to the Wad Fam Shock Pod. I'm Dylan Weaver. And I'm hanging on by a thread. And uh, we're here this week to talk about episode 704, The Labyrinth, part two. How are you feeling about that, Andrew? I'm feeling so, so well. So well. Nothing nothing about this episode was triggering at all. No no airborne pathogens causing problems. No. Not an odyssey. No, 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 no. No. This is uh, an episode written uh, by McCusker and Hubler, directed by Paul McCusker. Mm. And is that the same as the all previous, the previous? Yeah, the, okay. the, as part one and I'm sure part three as well. Okay. But you'll have to tune in next week to find out if I'm as will lying. I. <laughs> <laughs> um, this episode first aired March 10th of 2012, um, and is track two on album 55, The Deep End. Yes, sir. Which has a wild album cover. Yeah, we haven't talked about that yet, no, but we it haven't. is very iconic. Like it, it, it's burned in my mind. Right. It's really weird thinking about John Avery Whitaker in a pool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the fact that he still has his glasses on. I mean, I suppose Eugene has sunglasses and Wooten has... has he's got his hat on. Does Eugene have sunglasses or does he wear transition lenses? I'm inclined to believe that Eugene is the kind of gentleman that has the flip-down <laughs> sunglasses that clip that's on. Fair. Yeah. Uh, especially if he's got the Coke bottle glasses. I feel like that's what those were made for. But yeah. uh, I feel like it's also less concerning that Wit is wearing glasses and more concerning that Wooten is wearing a hat. Yes. Oh, 100%. Way more concerning. Wit may just not have uh, contacts, which makes sense. You know, I don't have contacts. My, 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 main, my main issue is... Uh, uh, it, things are too obscure to know for sure if uh, Connie is wearing a modest swimsuit, and we might have to kick her out. Yeah, no, we're gonna we, we're gonna have to cancel you. I'm sorry. I mean, there's a uh, there's some impurity lying underneath yeah. those I waves. Like, I like to think before they got into into the pool for this picture for the album cover, Whip pulled her aside and was like, "Look, Connie, like I know, like it's me, your father figure, Eugene, your brother, and Wooten, some goofy guy from down the your street. Your goofy like, uncle." Look, <laughs> You can't let any of us stumble. Yeah, so like, exactly. You know, wear a skirt. I, <laughs> we got you an extra large Hanes t-shirt to put on over top your bikini. <laughs> That'll cling, Andrew. Oh, I know, I know. Unacceptable. Well, it depends on the color. <laughs> I've been to church cookouts or, or church pool parties where they uh, they give out like purple shirts. Purple is pretty, uh, pretty opaque. See- yeah, pretty opaque, see-through, friendly. And uh, pool party friendly. It's a fun color, too. Who's going to complain about it? I mean, not I. (laughs) We Um, benefit from modesty culture. (laughs) (laughs) I can wear no shirt whenever I want. (laughs) Not whenever I want. It'd be in poor taste at, you know, funerals, weddings, and business junctures. Yeah. But not making a podcast. (laughs) Also in all the places that say no shirt, no shoes, no service. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is, I feel like, getting like more and more rare to see those signs. Yes, because I feel like it's also more and more rare for someone to walk in without a shirt. We could bring it back. Yeah. I'm not here for that, folks. That's fair. Neither am I. I'm a bit out of shape right now. Oh, get over yourself, Andrew. <laughs> I'm sorry. I haven't lifted in like a year and a half. <laughs> oh, wow. I've never lifted Chalk Squad. <laughs> Yeah, well, I won't have uh, the dazzling intellect to fall back on like you do. (laughs) 
that's something all right um so <laughs> thank you for not agreeing <laughs> so uh so cast wise for this episode uh we have evan Riedel as uh the cabbie um he is the uh, staff coordinator for focus on the family mm. and that that's it that's what he's got we also have Ron Yuan as uh, Mr. Grote. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, was uh, the the sergeant in the new Milan movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he's had recurring roles on Marco Polo and Sons of Anarchy. He was in the fourth season of Prison Break. Oh, okay. He's, he's, he's done some voice work as well, but seems to do more. Was he in Samurai um, Jack too? No. Oh, that was, that was somebody else. Yeah, Andrew. Who else? <laughs> Did I sneak? Pe- I I don't know. No, no. I want I want you to talk about the about our other cast members since you're deciding to you know go behind my work back and do your own <laughs> research now. I'm so sorry. I feel like I no uh, no go go for line. it. No, I I, was I just, just want to know what, what what prompted it. Um, I I'm gonna blame the sleep deprivation. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, I was just I was looking at the cast and I clicked on the names that I didn't recognize, especially uh. Sir Greg Baldwin, who voices Lord Brownlow, I was like, hmm, I wonder if he's in any relation to Alec Baldwin. Uh, <laughs> not at all. Not at all. But I do uh, have a lot of affection for Mr. Greg Baldwin as he voices uh, this, well, the second voice of Uncle Iroh in Avatar The Last Airbender. And um, also uh, Iroh in The Legend of Korra. Um, Is he not an uncle in, the, in Korra? He's like a spirit, so like I don't know how that. Yeah, how the you familial still keep your uncle title if you're yeah, a spirit. Yeah, yeah, interesting. I mean, he was a really old guy in Korra, and then, or, or he's a really old guy in Avatar, and then Korra happens like forty years later. So, yeah, you know. Also, Aku on Samurai Jack. Mm-hmm. Which was the yeah, but a we, weird weird note about uh, Lord Brownlow, by the way. So <laughs> he was initially. This is coming from the official guide he was initially supposed to be called lord hillendale <laughs> and then uh andrew why wouldn't you name someone lord hillendale dale an odyssey oh uh hillendale oh that's the uh, that's where agnes is yep it's like it's the, the mental, mental health hospital. facility <laughs> yeah and so they realized that late in the process and we're like oh we've used this yeah one we've before. used this <laughs> Exactly. So rather than plagiarizing themselves, they decided to plagiarize once again Oliver Twist and steal Lord Brownlow from that. Very original. Great, great work. I mean, I think that they missed out an opportunity for like expanding the universe, tying Lord Brownlow together with Novacom stuff. I don't know. Could could have been done. Yeah. I mean, it's not like they don't have uh, enough time or episodes to just really go into some some uh backwoods connections yeah yeah we should we should get like full-blown like like uh i don't know the way star wars ties everything together constantly yeah and nothing can exist on its own why does an odyssey just do that i love it when star wars does that is that sarcasm that's sarcasm wow we're so different because i love that (laughs) oh it drives me crazy that every story has to involve like the same characters and okay not and like Oh, it's actually so and so's daughter. You didn't even know. Or like, hey, what if like we just have some guys walk through the frame who were in another thing? Yeah, like, I, I'm thinking about like... the TV shows, not the movies. Okay, I think I the movies doing that. Yeah, that's less great. 
especially yeah, with even the, the TV trilogy. show. I, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm mixed. I, yeah, it's fine. It doesn't matter. That's yeah. not related to Adventures in Odyssey. No, no, we don't need we don't need a Dylan Star Wars rant. Nobody asked for that. But if you do, tweet don't. Us. <laughs> if you do, become my friend. And then eventually it will come up in conversation and I will be mad that it is a thing I'm talking about again because it's the most basic of conversation topics and it drives me crazy that I have an opinion and I care. Well, it's because it's not, uh, it's not, you know, it's not going with the uh, cultural flow, you know. I feel like you're, you're fighting back against it by by enjoying things more in isolation than in within the context of an expanded universe yeah that's true so yeah with all that out of the way then i think it's promo time unless you've got something else (laughs) no certainly not on the next adventure in odyssey jason's investigation in london leads to an ominous clue at an auction house there was an accident you know did you see it they were loading a crate on a truck and it dropped then the place was swarming with those guys in spacesuits. And time is running out on his search for an answer. I need more information. I need to get to that hospital. Follow Jason deeper into the labyrinth on the next adventure in Odyssey. That's the episode. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, they... You don't even need to listen to it. Just listen no, to it, it, it gives a lot of information, that's for sure. Um, yeah, this is an interesting part too, in the sense that I feel like what it is setting up for, even though I don't remember it, I feel like is going to be much better than other two-parters. Like, I feel like historically Odyssey's part two and three-part episodes is not this strong. And I don't know that this is an incredible episode, but in the sense that it feels like it, one, picks up right where the previous episode left off, and two, leads directly into something that doesn't feel like, that feels completely organic to the to the plot, you know, um, it doesn't feel like they're stretching it out or they're throwing in some sort of, you know, third or ninth inning twist uh, to, to shake it up or anything like that, but... That's just me setting up my expectations to get uh, dashed when we cover part three and uh, be disappointed. But who knows? Hey. You have to tune in and find out. You want to hear a grown man cry? <laughs> tune in next week. Uh, I think you're going to be satisfied. You you remember the ending? I don't. Uh, I, I, I hope I'm satisfied. But I feel like. I feel like we're we've got a good trajectory. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is the rare second episode that doesn't really drag. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what I was thinking. Um, so yeah, we we start out with uh, finding out Dale and Sue made it back to you know the back to Jason and Anne without any issue. Mm-hmm. Um, they I mean they had to run, but mm-hmm. like that like stakes set up at the end of the episode didn't matter. No, no, um, no problems there. And then, yeah, uh, Jason shows off all the stuff in his backpack, which just, like, it's a very visual bit mm-hmm. that they have to translate into audio. So mm-hmm. it's him listing all the stuff out. But then I'm like, man, you were saying so much stuff. If you don't wind up using this, then what a bummer. Yeah. But, yeah. like, and I don't think they're going to. Oh, no. But he's got, like, a lock pit and a hidden camera and a tracker and then, like, a fiber a- scope. <laughs> yeah. What's that? <laughs> Uh, it's something like a microfiche. 
yeah, that that's I'm that was my first thought as well. <laughs> it's got to be related to that. Yeah. Uh, um. And yeah, it's just yeah, it's all this stuff. And then Jason's like, but the most important thing of all is this code sheet that I you know don't know mm-hmm. like that I have intentionally not memorized. Um, it's it's for my project called like the Alamo and. Sue's like, what's the Alamo? And Dale very condescendingly is like, don't they teach you American history in this con in this country? And I'm like, Dale, I didn't even learn about the Alamo, and I went to 12 years of public school. Oh, well, you know, that's what uh, homeschooling scout on you. I learned about the Alamo like four times. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, but it, uh, I was just like, oh my word. Like, yeah, of course, of course. We got like, attacked. It's not we were even... in a bad position. Lots of people died. Right. I, I understand what the Alamo is. I, I have lived here a long time and like pop culture references it constantly. So like, yeah. I, I conceptually understand the Alamo. But I'm just like, yeah, of course British people are not going to know that. Mm-hmm. We know nothing about British history. Oh yeah, exactly. Like, well, ah. Uh... Yeah, no. Nothing. I mean, just the stuff that directly pertains to us. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the two times they invaded. Yeah, or, I know a little bit Or I guess the one time they invaded. The, the like, other time we booted them. Yeah. You know. A little... I know a little bit of experience. Yeah. But, but yes. nothing, nothing Yeah, I know there's as... like a seven years war or something, you know? Oh, just, no, there's like a hundred years war. There is also a hundred years war. Between England and France. And... Yeah. Like, I know, I know some dumb stuff. Uh, I know but... a lot of like the colonial England stuff. Yeah. But anything post like 1800, poof. I don't know. It's all yeah, just, it's just right. Oliver I, Twist. It's not. It's not like I don't know anything about England. It's just mm-hmm. like it's not even like the Alamo is like the, a major thing that defined the U.S. Yeah, I mean, he she could have said you know the Battle of Gettysburg, and it would have made a lot more sense. Like it would have been probably a lot more understandable. Even then, why would she know about that? Exactly. Well, and that's what she said. She's like, they don't when they don't have to. Right. <laughs> Which uh, yeah. we'll, we'll joke about Americans being very self-interested in their own history. Uh, right. I think that isn't every country. Yeah. yeah I don't I, I don't so. know for sure, but I feel like... I don't know. I haven't gone to school in Europe to compare what their attitude is towards their country's, like, slightly heinous past. <laughs> yeah. Ours so. is very blasé. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Well, we're the winners, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so Jason asks Anne to hide. It's Anne, right? Is it Anne? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Anne. Okay, it's Anne Jacobs. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't I, sound right, though. <laughs> no, it doesn't. She, she, so he asks Anne to hide his code sheet in a place that he can't find it. For this whole, like, security through obscurity thing that he's going for, where he's like, Mm -hmm. ah, if they torture me, like, they'll never then find out where it is. And it's like, dude, if they torture you, you could say, at a certain point, Anne knows where it is. Yeah. (laughs) And then you know Anne would break immediately. Mm -hmm. Like. This is by no means foolproof. So, yeah, it's just like, yeah. Yeah. You've you've set yourself up to really have to get tortured to be useful. (laughs) Congratulations. Right. It's yeah. Um, so yeah, and he, and then he fills them in on everything, and we mm-hmm. cut away and cut back. Yeah, we cut back to after this. He tells the story, and um, Jason Jason mentions that uh, one he one of Reggie's men was talking about uh, Julia's house, uh, but he doesn't know what Julia is or what, anything about it. Um, but it's established that it's an auction house because, of course, Anne knows that. Right, yes. she's uh, there for shopping. Right. 
Right, right, which would be Joanne, which would make more sense, mm-hmm. um, you know, or Jack and Joanne combined, mm-hmm. regardless. The whole yeah. Julius House thing makes a little bit more sense. But it is also just like the, he, like, a henchman slipped up and said something about Julia's house. He's relaying this to people he know, and they're like, oh, I know exactly yeah. what that <laughs> this is. This is convenient this, at all. <laughs> this is like, yeah. Um, it, yeah, and so she, and then she goes on to talk about this whole yeah, the whole thing with the auction house, and they're they they're selling all this like you know, Eastern pottery or whatever, mm-hmm. and he's like, oh, Eastern connection to Groat, aha, we figured this thing out. I'm like, wow, this is easy. Um, <laughs> yeah, like who knew that henchmen would like be the key to everything? Because otherwise, they have literally no other leads. Yeah. Um, I would like to point out two things. Well, three things? Man, I've got a lot of things. Um, <laughs> one, Anne walks away from the table mm-hmm. to go pull out, like, her brochure for the Julius house, and it sounds incredible. Yeah. I don't know that I picked up on that when I was listening to it. It just it very but, clearly yeah. is her, like, Walk, walking, away. Up, walking away. It, I don't think it's stereo, but, like, you, it does feel, like, you do mm-hmm. feel that isolation or the separation there. Yeah. Um, very well. Um, there's also the thing of Dale being like, I, I get to do this as a story, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and Jason's like, yeah, like I make it through this alive. Like you can do this story. And I'm like, do you have that level of authority? No, Jason? no, there's no there's way. Like Especially right now. High level government <laughs> agencies that, you know, all feel like they would not want this to come to light. This is why the world revolves around Odyssey. It's because people in Odyssey don't keep their mouth shut. I mean... Yeah, you're not wrong. It's like, ah, we gotta go after it's John Avery Whitaker because he told a reporter. Right. They're also the only people with morals. Yes, oh yes. Mm-hmm. Um, And then, yeah, there. Jason does this, and it's just like, well, why don't you just turn yourself in? And he's like, well, everyone thinks I'm guilty, so I can't turn myself in. I've gotta go solve things. If I tried to explain that to him, they'd never believe it. And this threat is carried out, and luckily Billings tells him he's an idiot later mm-hmm. about it. But, like, it is just such a class. Like, it's the trope that he needs to be able to, like, do his spy stuff. And I understand it. But it is the trope of, like, problems continue because characters don't communicate Mm -hmm. is always frustrating to me. Mm -hmm. And, once again, excuse to plug my uh, longtime... uh, I don't know the thing. The thing. The thing. I feel like I'm always talking about, but Young Justice mm-hmm. has an incredible subversion of this trope in the first season that I think about constantly, and I'm like, why? Why do we have to keep leaning on this? Well, mm-hmm. I can't tell people otherwise. And like, this is see sitcom relationships. Yep. See anything involving spies? Like, yep. it's always just like all of this could be resolved with a conversation. Yeah. And not even a long one. No. Just a couple eyes. statements. Jason's like, well, I don't have time. And it's like, yeah, yeah, buddy, like, come on. If you went to them, then you would actually have resources. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that would be just far too helpful. Yeah. Um, And then, uh, what? Sue Sue, Sue Sue disappears. Yeah, the next morning, Sue is gone, and she left a note. And um, Dale and Anne and Jacob are Jacob. Dale and <laughs> Dale Anne, and, Anne and, and Jacob <laughs> are are going to the antiques auction. Um, Actually, I heard there was two Jacobs. Hmm. 
a twin, an evil twin. Dale and Anne and Jacobs. <laughs> that joke did not work. I liked it. I, I, I yeah. You just can't hear the listeners laughing at all. <laughs> no, I feel like I feel like I need to structure it. But Andrew, I heard there are there's more than one Jacob. Ah. So it would be Anne and Dale and Jacobs. Jacobs. And Jacobs. Like I feel like I accidentally eyebrows, like eyebrows. I accidentally cut my punchline off by saying it early. Bad bad joke. I'm so sorry. It's okay. We've only made like a hundred and twenty-five of these. This is like one thirty-seven. Okay. Okay. I mean, <laughs> I was up by twelve. <laughs> that's Dang. a full album of Odyssey. Yeah, that's a full. <laughs> that's three months. That is that is every episode they release in a year currently, not counting the club. Yeah, yeah, and like I feel like that's a normal amount of Odyssey to come out every year. I wish that there was more because I think that they could do more, sure, and I would love to see them do more. Yeah, but yeah, so uh, we wouldn't be stuck with two more episodes a year. Yeah, yeah, just cleave it. Just yeah, move on with their lives. So, so yeah, yeah. Post post this like, um, we then we 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 cut to with some very good strings from uh john campbell we get the very much like is it baroque is that the style yeah I'm thinking? yeah like the very like high class english yeah. strings we're going to an auction yeah pop you know? and circumstance right right thing. like the the music the music you would watch in like a period like the, i imagine what the score to like downton abbey sounds like yeah exactly or um, it does it does sound yeah. like that <laughs> or or like you know freaking like you know yorgos lansimos the favorite I feel like has has that same kind of just like very high flute and strings. If and you I got love that joke, please clue me in on it because I didn't get it. What joke? <laughs> the reference. I don't know what you said. Oh, the movie The Favorite, which is a Yorgos yeah. Lanthimos film. Yeah, I don't know any. It's any a either of those. phenomenal movie. Okay. When did it come out? Uh, 2018. Adding it to the list. Yeah, so they're they're at the auction looking for anything unusual. Um, they find some vases from vases uh, from Hong Kong. Um, they're in refrigerated crates. Yep, and they have to explain why antiques are refrigerated. Which you know, me having watched Antiques Roadshow, you know, every Saturday morning at ten when I wasn't playing soccer, uh, didn't need that. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> I can get I get the the uh, eight to twelve year olds really need the help As- there. So here's a thing I thought of listening to this. Hmm. As much as like antiques are a plot point in Odyssey, mm-hmm. how into antiques is Paul McCusker? I I'm afraid to know because <laughs> like, I feel like it's either a lot or he just uses it as a right, trope like, and he like, does not is care. Is this always a plot device mm-hmm. or is someone on the writing team a big? antiques guy yeah well i mean like and yeah you've got to be a big antiques guy like there's you know there's having a couple antique pieces you know you travel pick something up here and there that that's one thing but with the quantity of references to antiques and antiquing and just collection of random stuff uh yeah you would think that somebody on the cast has to be really into it maybe it's hubler maybe (laughs) think the antique started before hubler was around but you know yeah oh, never for sure. i mean i guess right i guess by that logic it's like who on the team is really into ice cream or any of the things like yeah. it's just like it's just a thing but the, i don't know 
the fact that but antiques are a little obscure i mean they they could they are a little obscure but it is also like jack and joanne's thing and it's always with jack and joanne including these episodes that were supposed to be jack and joanne so i guess it whatever antiques um and so and so the rush uh, the crates are from a company called the prominent company which Jason knows is like a Russian thing that's mm-hmm. affiliated with Groat. Mm-hmm. And then there's this one guy, Lord Brownlow, who has been buying all the stuff from the prominent company and nothing from anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, but when Jason goes to talk to him, we find out that he's just a red herring, I guess. Yeah, he's just a normal dude with a he's lot of money. <laughs> purchasing a bunch of stuff for the show at the British Museum that night. Yeah, I think he's... Uh, yeah, he's... I don't think that he's in on it necessarily as much as Groat is very aware of everything going on in his master plan presumably of getting this deadly virus to the president or whatever right yeah yeah so So. there's this there's a show at the at the british museum tonight that the u.s president and the british prime minister and a bunch of asian leaders are going to be at Mm -hmm. um and jason's like oh interesting okay so all this stuff is going there for a show i'm like how are you purchasing items in the, the afternoon yeah for a show that night this is like very much we just needed a plot we need the, yeah we need the plot oh and by the way to the tune of four hundred and fifty thousand dollars <laughs> like for one of the items yeah 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 <laughs> They gave me some flexible spending cash to, you know, pad the antique show, and I just went and spent a cool half a mil. <laughs> yep. On one thing! Yeah. Well, on a crate yeah. of things, yeah. assumedly. But, but, you know, with the amount of packaging, keeping all those items safe, there's, there's like, maybe three things in there. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, what, what size crate are we, are we expecting? We, in, the, uh, in the Indiana Jones Museum of Crates, where, where are we... Where are we? Like coffin sized? Well, I'm maybe the well. I or like I would imagine like sized. uh like half a pallet. Half a pallet? I would think like a half a pallet crate. I'm just I'm digging into my antiques roadshow memories to see, okay. to, trying to remember like what these big stuff comes in. Yeah, the boxes that they come in. Um, yeah, it might and, be a full pallet. And then uh, so so Jason Jason goes back and is filling in the um filling in his friends the -hmm. jacobs and an alarm goes off at the auction house yeah which a police officer or security guard or something comes out to tell them and then just vomits exposition oh so much exposition also the alarm that goes off that sounds exactly like the iphone classic alarm sound oh like here um I need to prove my point because okay. I'm pretty sure they just took it straight from from there. I mean, sound uh, libraries uh, exist for a reason. Yeah. But the reason that it stuck out to me was because it is my alarm every morning because it's so ah. aggressive and jarring and it's an old Apple sound. So I had it on my iPod touch. Uh, we got a classic alarm. Oh, uh, yeah. Right. That is just like the standard alarm. Yep. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, so then, yeah, this guy comes out, he vomits exposition, he's like, there's a guy who, oh, and one of the workers on the, I, like, he, Jason's like, what's going on? He's like, I don't know. 
there's some guy on the dock who collapsed from contact with a toxic chemical. And I'm like, what do you mean you don't know? You yeah, just explained exactly. everything. That was the whole I don't thing. Know, I don't know what's going on. That guy clearly just uh, maybe inhaled something he shouldn't have that was yeah. maybe a bacteria, maybe not. Yeah. Oh, and and we find out that the the the, the, the guy that happened to is named Craig Robinson. Mm-hmm. Was that a like? I mean, I think Swiss Family Robinson, Craig Robinson. Is that a? So well, okay. So here here here's the thing with Craig Robinson. Craig Robinson is um, an actor. That makes sense. That that would be why his name sounds familiar. Um, what is he in? <laughs> so he he's been in a ton of stuff, but. The so I know him most notably from the um from the show Mr. Robot. Oh, okay. Um, in which he plays a um like the warden at a jail mm-hmm. in the second season. Um, but he's also been in a million stuff. He's he had his own show. He has popped up in a million things. Mm-hmm. He um is uh yeah like a voice on the cleveland show like he's like he's like a guy who gets around he also is in the very good movie in my opinion that i'm going to recommend that uh, people watch this episode called morris from america he plays the dad um it's him and his son uh living in germany Mm -hmm. um and just his son dealing with being like a black kid from America living mm-hmm. in Germany, Germany. Yeah. with his single father. Yeah. And it's real good. Where can we find such programs, Dylan? Um, there will be a link in the description with the... I'll put a Just Watch link down there. And awesome. you can uh, you can go see where that's streaming. Gotta um, love Just Watch. Craig Robinson aside. Um, yeah. Because <laughs> just, that's just a name coincidence. Yeah. But it really threw me. Um. And once again is like, hey, Jason, maybe you should call this in. And he's like, nah, Mm-mm. they wouldn't no, believe me. Yeah, they wouldn't. Um, and then um, Jason's like, all right, I'm going to head to the hospital. And he mm-hmm. hops in a cab and Sue jumps in with him. Because mm-hmm. she's there. Because <laughs> she, she is there. Um, and she's like, you know, Reggie was at the Julius house today and I saw this whole thing where like a guy screamed when he opened the crate. Yeah. And it's basically no information that we didn't already have, but no, mm-hmm. I mean, we at least know Reggie was there mm-hmm. and it's cute. I like that Sue's doing her own investigation. Her continually calling her Mr. Undercover mm-hmm. is adorable. And, I, uh, pilfering him for all of his money. Yeah. By constantly being like, well, this, this, you know, investigation is going to cost you. I just think it's it's sweet yeah. and fun. Uh, um, love and, some extortion. Yeah, and so they they go to the uh, to the ICU because mm-hmm. um, they're going to go track down Craig Robinson. Um, and <laughs> the person that's such a terrible idea. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, it is such a bad idea, and I like that the show like acknowledges that mm-hmm. that Jason like walks through the door. And immediately Billings, like, grabs him and hauls him out of there and, like, throws him against a wall and is just like, what What are you you doing here? (laughs) This place is crawling with cops. You're ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. It's it's a bad Jason moment, but, I I mean, it's fun to see Billings like this. Definitely giving him more than he had last episode as far as uh, his interactions with Jason and all of that. 
Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Cool. Oh no, it's it's really good stuff. Like I, I like I like Bellings in this quite a bit. It's just yeah, it's so funny mm-hmm. coming off of that uh, to yeah. just just be like, no, you 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 sir, you sir are a problem. <laughs> <laughs> so this is when um, Billings kind of Billings and Jason catch up on the situation. Um, Jason explains that. He, you know he was framed and you know uh, because billings obviously thinks that he was the one who knocked him out um and then billings is talking to him uh, uh, talking to jason about craig inhaling this deadly bacteria right 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 well yeah Co-flex. so right so so in, in this episode they decided to stray from their like more traditional odyssey thing odyssey thing and rather than it be a virus called roku mm-hmm. roku uh, we we now have a bacteria called coflax mm-hmm. yes yeah they're really uh, reinventing the wheel here it is yeah and the yeah, it's such a weird choice of like, mm-hmm. oh yes, the only thing that can threaten us are like infections. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, they're very uh, ominous, I suppose. And they, they are. They they transfer well over airwaves, I yeah. guess. But yeah, it is just it's weird that Odyssey is going else. back to like this same well. Yeah, oh, and yeah. that it's like a Jason mystery. It's like if the like. I know it's not going to tie into TA four one eight, but like mm-hmm. it feels like it has to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, and especially because Odyssey since then references TA four one eight and Tasha and all of that. Uh, you know, continuity wise, it just makes sense. It's kind of disappointing that they <laughs> kind of tread over the same thing. Also, yeah. just listening to this, hearing them talking about a new deadly bacteria that. Uh, comes out through the air it's just like oh boy right. the delta, oh yeah the delta variant is yep. uh and if you inhale it you can die yep yep and which he also it, it attacks the lungs it yeah, yeah it was a little bit too much i mean this one's a bacteria not a virus but you yeah. know if you combine that with the ruku virus then like you know you'll, you'll rule the world at least kill a lot of humans oh that's my for word sure. and imagine also being able to like convert brain waves to radio waves well then you could control everybody that's left uh-huh all of the, uh, anybody that has immunity, they become Man, your slaves. Blackard, the chairman, and Grote should just team up. Yeah. With, well, uh, with Maury, the other yeah, supervillain yeah. in Odyssey. Yeah, and then we'll need, uh, Wit, Eugene, Connie, and, uh... Robert Mitchell can come back. Yeah, Robert Mitchell. Bernard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all, all the peoples. Is the voice actor for Bernard's dead, right? The voice actor? Yeah. Yeah, I can't bring him back. They can recast. They've done it before. That's fair recast bernard that's that's my uh that's my new champion that's that's what uh, i'm gonna spam yeah, no. on social media no i think i think they just replaced him with pole house yeah which is so disappointing because they're not the same by any means no. and, and, and i understand that like they didn't you know if they wanted it to be the same they probably could have done something like that sure. but yeah yeah um Anyway, yeah. So, <laughs> and, oh, and the and the Delta variant. I'm sorry, the Coflax uh, was made in Russia. <laughs> Not spreading misinformation here. Uh, viruses do naturally evolve. The Delta variant was just that's just f- foregone conclusion once the COVID nineteen pandemic started. Just clearing the air on that one. You know, not no anxiety here. Just oh, just God. just clearing the air. Just um, yep. Just breathing in all that yeah. fresh air. I. It was just at this point where I was like, oh my word, if this 
is a plot to kill the president. I am so out. Like, and that then. Is, <laughs> that is just uh, such such a bummer. Jason um, thinks that Grote wants to kill the president. Uh-huh. Or the prime minister. but uh-huh. Or all these important people that are yep. all in the same room. And then we we do get the incredible reveal that the people who took away the crate weren't actually the government. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was probably Fingers and his crew mm-hmm. just being very clever. Um, and, uh, yeah. I, so, and I don't, I don't know if this is me remembering stuff or if this is just a hypothesis or whatnot, but are the vases going to be made out of Koflax? Is that the situation? Because there's this whole thing about, like, it being, like, a powder. And I'm like, are they somehow, like, making, like, a Koflax vase that <laughs> no, needs I think to be kept the, in as, like, a specific vases temperature? vases are filled with Koflax, probably. Oh, it's like an urn situation. Yeah, yeah, you get it in, knock it over. Oh, my gosh, people start dying, and then people start throwing vases everywhere. <laughs> ah, gotcha. Okay. Uh, I'd be into that. Um, and could then, make for some very interesting audio. And then Billings walks out of the the stairwell, mm-hmm. and uh, Jason gets uh, walks out of the building and is immediately knocked out by Reggie Fingers, due to Sue, who led Reggie to him. Yep. And then Sue's like, "Ah, I'm out of here now, right?" And he's like, "Absolutely not." Mm-hmm. It's like, "Ah, oh, you naive, didn't learn your lessons Sue. twice. <laughs> part one, part two." Maybe she'll come around in part three. I hope so. I mean, that would be pretty (laughs) frustrating that they made her make the same mistake twice, but uh, even more frustrating that they play on the third trope for the third time. (laughs) And then, uh, yeah, Jason comes too, and who's there but Mr. Grote? Mm Mm-hmm. Who has a very different voice than I was imagining. Yeah, I like it. It's Mm -hmm. a good choice. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Jason's like, you better not have hurt Sue, and like lunges at Grote, mm-hmm. and they like throw him down, and then um, beat him up. Grote's like, oh no, is my uh, suit messed up? Yeah, I think that was a George Lucas. It was a bad impression. I don't know what that was. Sorry, is my tux messed up? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Jason's like, look, Grote, we're in a stalemate here because uh, I and like the he's like you know Billings's people are you know going to be like scouring the thing and the event's going to be called off and whatever else and all of which is a lie because mm-hmm. Billings was very much like we need better proof yeah you go find that and get back to me and I'll do what I can on my end but like things are yeah Jason's bluffing pretty hard here mm-hmm. um but but then he's like well and Groot's like well I'll you know I'll just have to you know We'll see if your people can get there fast enough. And he's like, well, um, also, I've I've got leverage on you, too. I have installed a worm on your computer that, uh, you know, by midnight tonight, will take over and send everything to the governments and then delete it. And I don't even know the stop code. And I'm like, what is it that Jason gains by telling him that? Certainly nothing other than an aha, I gotcha moment, pride-wise, um, but definitely not helpful yeah. for the, um, like, this is definitely a covert, don't mention it. It would. Why be... didn't he do this forever ago, also? Because uh... I guess Grote would just, like, slip away into the abyss? Yeah, well, and also maybe he didn't have as much contact with growth personally. It's just, like it's I th- I'm guessing a... that maybe something has developed 
between previously. But I guess I if he was the stiletto yeah. and now he's the grinder, I don't know. Well, and, and Groat knows he's not either. I don't. It's yeah, yeah. It's it's weird. It's also yeah. It is such like an arrogant move from Jason's part, and unfortunately, like. There are no passages of scripture that speak on pride mm-hmm. and that yeah. possibly leading to destruct destruction or yeah, what, what a it comes fall. before. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, nothing like that that could have hinted that he maybe shouldn't do this. But uh don't worry, he will route. still come out on top because yep. he's Jason Whitaker. Yep, he um, is so God's son. <laughs> Reggie Fingers drags him away to torture him, mm-hmm. and that's where the episode ends. Yep, on a really chipper note. Use whatever methods you need to get the truth. Yeah, no. Uh, okay. Now that we've covered it, I'm a lot less hot on this episode. I think, look, I think it's good. I'm just, it's, and it, it is just like, it's plot. Mm-hmm. And uh, like any of these episodes, I feel like that we do that are like the spy episodes. I like them so much more in listening to them than talking about them mm-hmm. because I don't yeah. feel like I have interesting things to say. Mm-hmm. It feels like we just wind up like essentially doing a plot recap. Yeah. And with we it's like a plot recap with criticism. But like when I'm listening to it, I like it. Yeah, exactly. But then when I talk about it, I'm like, "Well, look, here are all the problems." Yeah. But like at the end of the day, I still like it. Mhm. Yeah, well, so. and it's still good and like <laughs> You know, as you said, like this is the some of the last Odyssey that you ever listened to, and it wasn't because you hated it. Um, yeah, it's something you don't have a super strong connection with, and and me neither as well. Um, you know, for all the years that we've done the show and everything, I, I yeah, I think that what I'm learning is, is more the newer episodes that we cover. It's a lot because the takes have less nostalgia baked into them. Um, you know, what the coverage can look like can feel a little bit more dry, especially with these plot episodes. Um, you know, the the cracks in having a 30-year-old show kind of come through a little bit more clean, and it's not covered up as much by the nostalgia that we have that has the overwhelming sense of positivity regarding the episode. Um, you know, thinking about stuff in Novacom that I didn't like and thinking about stuff in Blackard that I didn't like and even, you know, Kidsboro and things like that that were, you know, not too long before this. Um, but yeah, that being said, I I am excited to see how this ends because I genuinely don't know. Um, I'm excited to cover it and talk about it with you next week. Uh, do you have anything that you want to plug this week, Dylan? Nope, my plug stands for Morris from America. All right, uh, I will plug uh, wearing masks if you're vaccinated, I guess, because we're back there as of recording this. Um, yeah, things cases seem to be spiking. Um, don't lose hope. Don't lose despair. Things won't always be like this, but uh, take care of yourself and take care of the people that you love. Mm-hmm. And maybe, who knows, maybe some people you don't love too. Hey, I'm I'm here to plug the taking care of people you don't love. Yep. All right, on that very chipper note, <laughs> we will be back next week to talk about an infectious bacteria, the labyrinth, part three. Bye guys. Bye. Wadfam Chalk Pod is a presentation of the Lidditz Podcast Co-op. Follow the podcast at WadfamChalkPod on Twitter and Instagram, or email us at WadfamChalkPod at gmail.com. 
The Labyrinth Part 2 was hosted by Dylan Weaver and Andrew Sabo, and edited by Dylan Weaver. And I'm Nathan Haverstick, hoping you'll join us again next time for more of the Wad Fan Chalk Podcast.